This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. Before we go to our next interview, did you know that there's a Real Presence radio app? There you can listen live or find the podcasts of previous shows like this one. So look for that in your app store. And now you're we, definitely going to want to download this show, Roxanne. Absolutely. We've been rocking it, right? That's right. Yeah, no, it's been a lot of fun and, and interesting, I think. To, oh, it's only going to get better, Roxanne. I know. I know this guest that we've got coming up. I do too. Rock so, star, rock star. We have with us Ted Lemire, uh, and he is going to talk to us a little bit about the diaconate, um, as well as his personal conversion story. So, um, Ted, why don't you tell us, where did you grow up, and what has your faith journey been like in, you know, 10 minutes? <laughs> okay, I think I can try that. Well, good morning. And, um, yeah, so the first part of it is my faith life when I was growing up. I suppose I... I would say very easily, uh, I grew up in a very faith-filled or faithful house, household. I was raised in Oaks, North Dakota um, by, my, by my married parents, married for a good long time, and uh, which I suppose is maybe in today's society a little out of the ordinary. And uh, we were just very involved in church. Uh, for being Protestant, they were uh, uh, very involved in going to all of the Sunday services, involved in all of the different kind of parish ministries uh, of that a church can be involved with, uh, whatever it happens to be. And uh, that just spilled over onto my brother and I. I'm seven out of eight. So when, okay. I met, when I met my wife at the French department store <laughs> down by the mall when we, uh, after high school, uh, we were working together and uh, she thought for sure I had to be a Catholic mm-hmm. because I was seven out of eight. That's <laughs> right. I was going to say, that's... Everybody. So you were unconventional from the beginning, huh? Everybody does it. Everybody does it. Okay, beads, birds. Um, anyways, uh, so the the uh, rest of the story goes, that's the kind of motivation that the Lord had me on. He had me on the path to come to the church through my wife. Uh, I did not come into the church right away. I came in. We got married in 1992. Uh, I got married, or I got came into the church at 2000, in the year 2000. Monsignor Gross uh, brought me into the church down at St. Santa Joachim. And one of his main things that he always did with the RCA classes was he'd say, come for three classes and then come spend an hour in adoration during those first three weeks and decide if you want to continue to go through the RCIA program. Well, of course, me, in my infinite wisdom, sat before the Lord of the universe and thought, you know, I'd like to become Catholic because it's all about me. So uh, uh, he reeled me in that way and through adoration, and uh, that was the beginning of the my relationship with both the Lord and His Bride, the Church, in mm-hmm. a real way. Mm-hmm. Was it? What I mean, even going to those RCI classes sometimes that's a big step. Was it a struggle during? You said so you got married, you know, and entered RCI nine years later. Was that a struggle? Not really. For me, it was more like. Uh, I had already believed a lot of the things, and I think that's probably true with most most Christians, most most people. The idea of of Catholicism, as a general sense, is very straightforward. Oh, Jesus, gotcha. His body and blood, sure, I believe in that. It's the how and the why 
then that's where it kind of gets difficult. But for me, it was like, I'm already standing on the finish line. Why don't I just step over? Were there any obstacles, though? Were there any, was Mary an issue? I don't know. There's some common misconceptions. I think for a obstacles. lot of other people, wasn't. For me, I have a, had a great relationship with my mom before she passed away. She lived, my mom, my own mother, lived the Beatitudes. That was her life. I mean, that's literally how she lived her life. Well, so for me to go, okay, Jesus has a mother, and I should be on board with loving his mom too, because I love my mom. Well, there's no, there's no differentiation. We're right there. So uh, it wasn't a hurdle at all. And we say in the creed, even then, we talk about Mary. I mean, okay. we, we don't think about it in the same way, but they talk about it, you know? So it's, it wasn't a huge step for me. Okay, so you entered the church, Ted, in 2000, and now 20 years later, you are in the beginnings of diaconate formation. My goodness, you are entering deep, deep into the church. So what, what transpired over the next 20 years that led up to pursuing diaconate formation? Well, the, the simple idea is that during RCA, my wife leaned over while they were talking about the magisterium and the whole hierarchy of the Catholic Church. And she meant they brought up the deacon. And of course, as a Lutheran, uh, when you're involved in the church and you have a little bit of love for the church and you're on fire, oh, and you can sing, hey, that guy could be a pastor. You know, that's, that's, that's kind of the talk. Well, so that's kind of who I was. And my wife obviously knows me best. And so when we were coming into the, ch- or when I was coming into the church, she kind of leaned over and said, well, maybe this could be for you. Really? And I was kind of like, ah, I don't know, that sounds like a lot of stuff beyond my pay grade, whatever. <laughs> I'm just a construction worker at the time, so I was like, nah, I don't know, I don't think that's the thing for me. And the Lord obviously knew what he was doing, or at least I hope he does. And uh, he started reeling me in more and more. Adoration, that re- the reality of his real presence in adoration. Uh, one night in adoration, I opened up to the back of my Bible, the same one I have here that I was given when I came into the church. And in this back section, when it talks about bishops, it talks about deacons being the first caretakers of the church, which was ironic because at that time I had just come back to adoration again, hot and heavy, and had just started my job at St. San Angelicum as the property manager. And I'm like, really? You're just going to start connecting all the dots. Caretaker. Deacons are the caretakers of the church. Hmm. That's what you have me doing here. The, I think the Lord is very funny like that. He, he gives us something that we're supposed to do, and we think it's for our immediate earthly purpose. And he's literally a lot of times using a play on words to go ahead and move us in our spiritual journey. Was there a moment when you realized, oh, that little seed that my wife planted back in our CIA, and oh, this thing, and oh, that thing— we're leading up to this bigger thing, and you was there a, a little bit of fear there? Like, oh no, what are you doing, Lord? One hundred percent. You know, the the Lord. There's. I've been telling people there's there's two paths. We're either on fire for the Lord, like the two disciples on Emmaus on the road, or we're more like Paul. We're about to be blinded, knocked down. And uh, I was more on that blinded and knocked down path, and the Lord was like, I'm even going to get your attention here. And we're going to turn you around. And uh, it was something, it was way more like that. There was way more of the fear aspect. And I don't know if this seems right. And so I did actually apply uh, for the permanent program five years ago. And uh, almost six years ago now. And uh, 
went into it and they said, uh, you know, like you come into a business interview and they were kind of like, I got the sense when I sat down that they were going to tell me, you're not the guy for the job. <laughs> and, uh, but they said, uh, we just want you to wait. And I was like, just before, just before I had opened the door, I got this sense of that's, it's not, now's not the time. It's going to be mm. okay. It's, there's a sense of peace. Well, okay. So I rode that out for the next five years, which is both up and down, you know, in our lives. And, uh, and then said, okay, do I want to put my toe back in the water? And so I got a couple little more promptings. And I really believe the Lord works through others in a, diff- in a special way. When you start hearing from the same, from other people, the same thing mm-hmm. over and over and over, hey, I, have you ever thought about being a deacon? Have you ever considered becoming de- be- being a deacon? Why are all these people saying this to me now or anytime? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so then it was just like, okay, well, I better get back into it. And um, in the end, uh, I sat down in adoration when I was really, I, I just didn't want to go through the pro. I didn't want to get turned down again. I didn't want to be rejected. And of course, I knew at the time who the director was and uh, really felt that I absolutely did not want to be rejected by any it could have been anybody other than that guy and so i'm, I'm kidding father i'm, kidding. I'm the director <laughs> yeah, I'm the yeah, I'm kidding. so um i just i just didn't want to go through that again you know to feel that way again and uh so i was in adoration and um i said i, I just need a sign lord you know and we had just had the daily readings where uh He's asked to give a sign, and he says, no, no, I won't, I won't bother the Lord with a sign. And so I had heard that the other way. You, you mm-hmm. need to ask. So I asked. And so we were coming through the, was coming through the main part of the gathering space at St. San Angelicum, and a gentleman walks towards me. And when anybody comes up to me, I instantly get the idea that they want me to fix something, <laughs> repair something, toilets are overflowing, something. Uh, and he comes, and he says to me, Ted, I'm so glad I saw you. And then he said, don't let anything deter you from becoming a deacon. Mm. Those were the two things he wanted to tell me. Ted, I'm so glad I saw you, and don't let anything... And I was like... And could you fix the toilet? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> While you're nothing, at it. no, nothing like that. And so I, I waited, and I waited, and I was like, really? Am I being... Is this a joke? I was by, in adoration wow. by myself. So mm. no one could have known what I, what I said to the Lord, except mm-hmm. for the Lord. So it sounds like some of that discernment leading up to, a, I, I heard two commonalities. One was like the promptings of others. The Lord speaks through, through his ministers and, um, and adoration. That came up a couple of times, adoration, praying, and that question arising in the midst of Eucharistic adoration. Well, I think like, just like anything, any relationship you got to be near that person. You got to listen. You got to sit with. You got to be around. Um, whether it's our spouse or our children, you want to get to know them better. Well, you don't stay away. You, you go right to where they're at, and I, that's the beautiful part about the idea of the real presence, the reality of the real presence, not the idea. It's him. If we believe we're consuming Jesus in his body and blood, in the flesh. When we receive communion, well, then that's him too. I know, yeah, I know I have a couple more supporters on adoration in this room, so it's, I'm not Oh, I, I don't know what I would do without that guidance. And the world is so noisy, so it's, um, it's, it's so important that we go and go into this little hole with our Lord, the Lord of the universe. You know, it's, it's, 
I can't do any major talk or anything without consulting first. And that piece is just incredible. In my years as a priest and particularly as vocation director, I, I, I cannot think of right now a more common, a greater commonality for people like making life decisions, vocational decisions of the diaconate, the priesthood, matrimony, of uh, people finding the peace, the clarity in adoration. And sometimes the time to make a U-turn, to make a change, of course, that comes about in adoration. There's just something about like you're, you're, you're really truly present before the Lord. He's going to speak to you or mm. you know, just give you some peace or some indication of, of doing something different. So we are, uh, this is our Real Presence Radio Live. We're going to take a quick break here. But when we return, we're going to continue the conversation with Ted Lemire, who is part of the permanent diaconate formation for the Diocese of Fargo. So we'll pick up on the other side of the break. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through planned giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. I am so grateful for what Real Presence Radio has been able to uh, accomplish in the way that, uh, you know, the programming that's offered and the opportunities for people to uh, listen to in the privacy of wherever or in their car or in their home. Um, programming that, you know, uplifts them in their life of prayer and instructs them in things of the faith and gives them opportunities uh, to grow. So we've been so blessed you know, right. as a diocese to have Real Presence Radio. Uh, like I said, the, the uh, Real Presence Radio has effects on people's faith. It's bringing people into the church. It's uh, making them stronger in their faith. And, uh, of course, the Holy Spirit is right there animating all of it. But it also takes the very practical things of technology and, and stations and whatnot. And, um, and the Holy Spirit animates that for people to, you know, open up their hearts, open up their wallets to help further this ministry. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio Live. This is your host, Father Kyle Metzger, and I'm joined in studio with Roxanne Solonen. And for our guest here for this last segment, we have uh, Ted Lemire, who was uh, telling us a little bit about the Permanent Diaconate Formation Program, which he's part of for the Diocese of Fargo. You just finished up the first year, Ted. Is that right? How many years total is it? Well, yeah, we're just about to. Our next class is actually this upcoming weekend as our last class of the first year. Okay. And it's a five-year program. So by no means are you uh, 
bippity boppity boo in. <laughs> there's nothing like that. It's a it's a long process, and there's a lot of people and a lot of studying and a lot of growth involved. Could you give us uh, for the listeners who might be curious or unaware? Um, Five years. What happens in five years that would lead up to a diaconate ordination? Oh, my. Well, I'm, I don't know if I know all the details. I probably know some of them. I know that there's a lot of papers to write. <laughs> there's a lot of catechism study. There's a lot of uh, personal reflection. Reflection. There's a lot of growth in our own individual prayer lives. Um, that's, I know that that's a part of one of the focuses of what we talk about. Um, and I think that that's one of the things, at least for me, that's really helped just the learning more about what the treasury of the Catholic Church has for us that's actually out there available that we can just go around and turn over and give to somebody else, especially as deacons, but for anybody. I mean, even if, even if the Lord decides that four years in, he's going to cut me, you know, throw me back in and say, swim, swim around a little more, you know, he'll, whatever, whatever he's got planned for me. But that reality of more scripture study, more studying of the catechism, uh, that, those two things for sure, and philosophy, the idea of philosophy. Um, we have great instructors right now, and uh, every time we go, we learn something, and even in the in-between, we learn something more from what they've said. So I think that's really been valuable. So the formal instruction, you have classes once a month? Yep, for, for, three, for three days. So we go on Friday nights. Uh, we have all day Saturday and then half a day Sunday. And then, uh, yeah, Saturday gets a little long. <laughs> and, and, you know, to have class right after lunch, that's kind of like, uh, is he watching? Can he tell that I'm sleeping? It's, sometimes the food is too good, I'm just saying. But, uh, yeah, that's, a, I think, a real reality is that learning, that growing, having someone that instruct, instructs you, even though um, the reality, of I think, of being a, a deacon or a, or a Catholic who's going to share their faith or express their faith, you don't have to be the next Scott Hahn to do it. You can be a regular person living your life. Uh, a good friend of mine is, is really doing that in where he works. You know, he's a good, solid person. I've seen it in my wife's life before. They don't go out, you know, they don't wear every medal and every... They just do their job and they do it in a real loving Catholic way. But that's part of what the diaconate can help other, we can help to learn that so that we can help people understand how to share that, their lives with each other and, and the community. Ted, I was wondering, um, you know, with any kind of process like this, there's an end game. There's something you're looking forward to. What are you most looking forward to in, in this journey when you get to the end of it? Like, is there a little glimmer of, I can't wait to oh, be able to do that? What certainly. Is it? Well, the, the simplest, easiest answer to that is, I myself have had my own ups and downs in my life. I want people to realize that, one, who created them? You know, you're not an accident. You are specifically made for right now, in this point in time, by God. You have a purpose of His plan. Aside from all the things that you actually are do and the gifts that you have and how you use them, and that he wants you to come back to him. I want people to understand that in the simplest form. Mm -hmm. I think especially when we go through our, our hard times. Uh, I ran into a lady just the last weekend at uh, St. San Angelicum when I was going about my work day who had been standing in the same place 
what I thought for about two hours. And I thought, oh, this is, this is a person who is the Lord has put in front of me. You, she, he's put you in my sight for a reason. I better say something. That prompting of the Holy Spirit that says, hey, mm-hmm. this, I got work for you here. So I asked her if everything was fine. And uh, long story short, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. In, that, in that moment, it's like, this is where we need to help people, is to find out what's the reason for our hope. How can I help you have some of that? And she knew where she was at. She just needed to be re- informed, helped, assisted, lifted up, that. And I'm looking forward to doing that for other people. That's such a, a gift. It's a treasure to have that and, and to be malleable, to be open, to be aware. I think that's part of that preparation. And then at, the, at that point, you just open yourself up to whatever God is calling you to. So it's not specific, maybe, but oh. it's a sense of being used by God. Yeah, certainly. And, and for 100%, I haven't always been that way. <laughs> Wait, I'm not that way always now. But, I have uh, seen you singing to the baristas at Caribou before, so I know you have an evangelistic zeal. But. Well, the, they, some people do call me Theodore the Zealot. I'm just <laughs> this is Real Presence Radio Live. We are uh, talking with Ted Lemire, who is part of the Permanent Diaconate Formation Program for the Diocese of Fargo coming close to the end of his first year of uh, five years of formation. Say, Ted, what would you say the, the greatest blessings and the greatest challenges of the formation program are? Well, the, the, for sure, the challenges is the amount of stuff and how you're supposed to know it. And uh, I didn't, as my kids will remind me, I didn't go to college. And so, uh, you know, this is kind of my college, as my wife said, you know, that part of the struggle of learning, trying to learn and trying to grasp all the information, which uh, I'm leaning on the Holy Spirit. One of the other just newly ordained deacons said, you just lean on the Holy Spirit. Well, you know, in, in all throughout the scripture, it says that God will give us wisdom and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit is what's guiding me right now. I know for hundred percent. And so in a simple way, that's probably the greatest blessing is just knowing that whatever I'm lacking God is going to make up for in the Holy Spirit if he wants me to do this, if this is what his plan for me is. If it's not, and I'm going to crash and burn, well, then so be it, Lord, and then I'll just go on. There's a whole different sense of peace there. You were saying something about discernment earlier. Um, oh, sure. Well, when we, especially when we're going through our hard times, it's the rules of Ignatius, and I think it's number five. It's that uh, um, that when we're going through something hard, what we shouldn't do is go, okay, I'm going to change everything. No. When you're going through something hard, don't change anything. Sit where you're at. Stay where you're at. Wait for the Lord to act. Um, we had to do a meditation and a paper on the incarnation of the Lord. And it talked about in the gospel where John says, whoa, 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 why am I supposed to baptize you? And or Yeah, the baptism of the Lord, not incarnation, the baptism of the Lord. Anyways, he says that, why am I supposed to baptize you? And well, what happens is, he says, allow it. Well, that's exactly what the Lord wants us to do. I'm, I don't understand this, Lord. What's going on? Allow it. Then let God act. Well, Ted, unfortunately, our time is quickly escaping us, but we want to thank you for uh, sharing a little bit about the diaconate formation, and we uh, send our prayers with you that uh, when you come back one day, you... Uh, You'll be Deacon Lemire. So. Well, let's not get killed. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Well, I want to quickly uh, toss it over to Eli, who is our technical director. And can you give us a preview of tomorrow's show, Eli? I sure can. Thanks, Father. Great show today. Got another good one coming up tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. That'll be hosted by Father Brian Christensen and Garen Gibis, coming to you live from the Cathedral of Perpetual Help in Rapid City, South Dakota. I'll start off the show with Kevin Wells, talking about a heroic life. Then Amy Julian from the Diocese of Rapid City will talk about helping women heal after abortion. Plus, you won't want to miss some special guests join us to talk about the Nigerian Mass. All that and a whole lot more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Right back to you. Thank you, Eli. Say, uh, Roxanne, you got a graduating senior. You're going to have a busy couple of days here, a couple of weeks? Oh, my, yeah. Um, well, we had an Eagle Court of Honor a couple of weeks ago, okay. and then there was prom. And then, thankfully, we get to do all these things, though. I'm so grateful. Oh, so then yeah. prom, and then the senior retreat, and now the graduation parties are going to start to Open houses. I yeah. got a stack. <laughs> yeah, so got to keep track of all those. And uh, what else? Yeah, I want to give some advice to senior parents. <gasps> if you can group up with other seniors, and sometimes yeah. they do that. You know, you can kill <laughs> kill three birds with one stone. You know, they do a group party. But it's so exciting. They're so happy. I love looking at like the the, the photos, the, the school photos from kindergarten all the way through senior yeah. year. Yeah, so, uh, I have my photo boards that I'm making yeah. and putting little details Do you enjoy into. that or is that just daunting? I like that part of it. I'm creative with that kind of thing. But when it comes to food and planning and figuring out all that stuff, I'm completely overwhelmed and have to tap people. Like, I don't know how many people, how much food, I don't know. Yeah. And it's, yeah. So yeah. so there's certain areas that I'm fine with, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of stress. I've been a little bit overwhelmed, but it's all for a good thing. Again, I'm just so grateful that we, I, I just write for Catholic mom. And I, I said, could I skip this month? Cause it's a volunteer thing. And she said, she's, and I told her why. And she said, absolutely. And she said, you're so blessed. I think she's in New Jersey. She said that you can even do graduation. So I think, you know, parties, I yeah. think out there, they're, they're still kind of shut down. So I'm just so grateful compared to last year at this time that we can gather, that we can smile and, and hug and, you know, just celebrate these little milestones in life. So well, great. It's always a delight to host with you, Roxanne. So uh, enjoy these uh, last couple of weeks of the school year. Thank you. You too. And I'm sure I'll see you at one of those open houses. I'll be around. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for uh, listening to another episode of Real Presence Radio Live. It's been a joy with your hosts here, Father Kyle Metzger and Roxanne Solonen. And we'll see you next time. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.